snitches. I'm Adam. I'm Tara. And this is Basic Snitches. Yes, it is. Today we're going to do... Chapter 9 of Harry Potter. Not... Yep. Yes, yep. It is chapter 9. And it is about Harry Potter. Today we're doing chapter 9 of Pride and Prejudice. (laughs) Oh my God. No. I will come up with it. I will talk about it later. No. She she looks like she's fangirling. No, is my answer. We're not doing that. Not Pride and Prejudice. But we have some ideas for later. Anyway. She has ideas for later. Yeah. And it's chapter 9 of The Half-Blood Prince called The The Half-Blood Prince. Yes. If you're asking yourself what the fuck is wrong with these two people right now, well, first of all, go back and listen to our other 160 episodes. But also, <laughs> Tara came over to my house. We kind of started a little bit late because Tara is a movie star now. <laughs> and <laughs> so we were like, let's do our Patreon stuff first. It was before we had any wine and anything. And so then we took a break and we talked about a lot of things in our lives. It we was refreshing. A lot of wine. We drank a lot it, of wine. I think it was refreshing. We it, don't get to do that very much. Right. Because we're always trying to do a podcast, which is great. But we're like, let's catch up because we caught up and we bitched about a lot of things. It was fun. Bitching about stuff is fun. If you're listening to this, you might we might have bitched about you. Probably not. Are you sure? There's definitely people that we bitched about. That Who listened to this? No. So we are like coming off of that and being like, oh, it's 9.30 and we have two episodes to go. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> as she... We do still have a bottle and a half of wine left. We though, do. So, we're so fine. we got our juice. We'll be fine. I still drive back to Brunswick tonight. Marla will need me. Oh, yeah. She doesn't have her like five minute commute. I know. Her. Yeah. I'm, I'm watching Natalie's dog, Marla. We really should have thought this through and probably done this at Natalie's, but too late now. That's okay. Marla is just going to be sad. Love you, Marla. I'll let you out of your crate for a long time when I get home. Tara loves Marla. I've never met her, but we also both love our patrons. Join this list at patreon.com slash basic snitches for only $3 a month at our lowest tier, but we've got a lot of great stuff at all of our other tiers as well. And here are all of our patrons. So, if you sign up, you'll also be recognized in every single episode like these folks. We've got Ashley, Brian, Brittany, Jen, Layla, Mary Beth, Megan, Nisi, Olivia, Nicole, and Raph. And this week's exclusive is a screen rant, which actually is a little bit apropos for this season's new tactic of calling the author a multitude of different names in every episode. I wrote a thing. Send it to Adam. Wait, hold on. I gotta look at the last chapter so I can guess who won and lost. Tonks and Snape. Yes. <laughs> I, I looked at my gave points so I was like, oh, this is easy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's pretty clear. So yeah, in, in that chapter, that was where, you know, Tonks saved Harry from himself and Malfoy being a dick and Snape was Snape. So yeah, there it is. Pretty easy. Yeah. So you want to read the thing I wrote? Yeah. Chapter nine, The Applet Prince. The first day of class, the trio go down to the Great Hall and wait to hear from McGuh about the class schedules, which is terribly inefficient. Quen McGuh throws shade at Neville's grandmother, and we learn that Slughorn is not as uptight as Snape regarding who he accepts in his potions class. So, Ron and Harry do not have to give up their ambitions of being Aurors like they feared. We get our first look at Snape as defense against the Dark Arts professor. Not that anyone is surprised, but he continues to be an insufferable asshole to students and reminds us he's, he's a miserable garbage teacher. He also doesn't teach them a fucking thing. 
As per usual, Harry manages to get detention the first day of class. Later on, also per usual, special circumstances mean that he doesn't have to do the detention, at least not yet. This time, it's because Dumbledore wants to hang out with Harry at the same time that Snape sets detention. How convenient. Harry, Ron, and Hermione go to potions and get to experience Slughorn as a professor for the first time. Because Ron and Harry were not planning on taking potions this year, neither of them have purchased books, so Slughorn gives them old copies from the store cupboard. They go to brew their potions and Harry decides to follow the additional and edited instructions that were written into his textbook by a previous owner. This results in him producing the best potion in the class, Slughorn being incredibly impressed with him and his friends being annoyed with him. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> and he gets Felix Felicis. He sure do. So we open up with Rogers and Hammerstein. I rate the R and H for Ron. <laughs> Being so quick to shut down Harry's suspicions, once again, I imagine it's suspicions about Draco. Yeah, it's about Draco. He's like, hey, this is what I heard in the carriage because he didn't really talk to them the night before. Yeah. Honestly, like from where Harry's coming from, I kind of think that he is bringing up some good points here. And they should have got him instantly. I feel like Hermione is kind of reluctant. Not reluctant is not the right word. Not wanting to think about it, but isn't completely like, yeah, Harry's wrong. Like, I think that there's a part of her that's like, oh, fuck, if this is right... We're just gonna feel like it's not. She doesn't seem to be turning him down immediately, I guess. Because of like where the last book was, nobody listening and stuff. <sighs> so much not listening. I do very much wish that they would consider what he is saying a lot more. And then very quickly it comes to this, like you said, very inefficient I process. I hate this so much. I feel like I said this in a previous book that the fact that they don't get their class schedules till the first day is annoying anyway. Is it at the end of the second book where they sign up for like arithmancy and all that stuff? I think yeah, that because it's rumor Hermione, they said Hermione signed up for everything. Otherwise, they get their schedule on the very first day of school, even when they're not figuring out their classes. But shouldn't this have been done before they got there? Yeah. So originally, I was thinking like. To me, when I was in college and stuff, I always enjoyed seeing what my schedule would be far in advance. Because then, you yes, just I want to know what the fuck is going on. Even in high school, I remember going to like orientation and getting my schedule then. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I remember because social media didn't exist until I was out of high school. I remember like calling all my friends and being like, "Oh, do you have Mrs. Rogers for second period yeah, too?" Like that we kind did of stuff that is kind of, kind of exciting stuff. Almost. Yes. And yeah, knowing who your teachers are going to be. Now here, it's like they kind of know all of their teachers, sort of. And then, of course, I mean, you could always say, like, they say which classes they're going to take. And you don't really need to know what your schedule is until you're doing it. Sure. I still feel but, like, but you still don't know what classes you need to take anyway, though. You right. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. Because you have to buy the stuff, which is what Harry and Ron fall into and that's the whole premise of the book if you really think about right. it. Right. If you're not meeting with your head of house until the morning of, which I have a lot of feelings about too. So Neville really wanted to play take Transfiguration. I thought you were gonna say play trombone. Play he also wants to play trombone. Neville's secret ambition. But like he wanted to take Transfiguration and McGuzz like can't your grades are not good enough. So does that mean that Neville like spent money on a Transfiguration text? The, okay, there's that like, too. It's yeah. the complete opposite of Harry and Ron, which I still like refuse to believe that Ron actually got an exceeds expectations and potions but okay yeah um i don't have anything for the author you want to come up with an author name um butthole yeah also butthole doesn't clearly (laughs) clearly doesn't actually think about what ron is as a student because the butthole doesn't (laughs) not the butthole butthole. she is just butthole. butthole so no but but really butthole never really thought through 
how Ron's academic, how your prowess went. Because Ron is just terrible at school in general. Yeah. But he suddenly is better than we thought. I don't know. Poor Ron. He kind of just got thrown to the side. But really, that does not make sense. Yes, you have your OWLs. They get their grades. How exciting. Whatever. But if you are taking certain courses based on... What about Hermione? Why does she need to take all those things? Well, she hasn't decided what she wants to do with her life. Because it's Hermione. But, okay, so Ernie McMillan is probably second in their class. You know what? We're going to say he is. That's, that's canon now. The only Hufflepuff in He's uh, the only Hufflepuff potions. That, in potions. And I, I feel like if you made it this far in fucking Snape's class, you're good, right? Also, how many of those other students would have been in potions? Well, yeah, that's true. Like, they're the only two that get to be edited in. And you had even said in one of the last episodes, why isn't Ron taking care of magical creatures? Because he doesn't know what he wants to fucking do with his life. He thinks he wants to be an order because he follows Harry around everywhere. Yeah, that, like, that's literally, exactly Harry has a conversation with McGonagall, and then the next sentence is basically, Ron signed up for the same classes as Harry. So that they can just, like, fuck around in class together. Ron, fucking do your own thing. Yeah. Because I think Ron could have done well in charismatical creatures. Right. Now, the other thing to me, and perhaps even the bigger issue, is that professors don't know their entire roster until it actually happens. Right? I know. Slughorn literally has to ask who the fuck Hermione is. Right. Slughorn doesn't know anyone in that class except for Harry and Draco and Zabini. Luckily, they do have spare textbooks, because otherwise everybody right. would be shit out of luck. But what if the class is full? Now, in this case, it's not because Because he's like Snape... upper level and all that shit, too. Uh, well, and Snape had also been like, you can only have... A perfect uh, score in this class. Yes. <laughs> uh, the outstanding. That's what it was. Because you know the only people in that class who had outstandings were Hermione, Draco, and Ernie. Sure. Yeah. So, like, those other Slytherins, what... Were they also exceeding? Like, I don't, I don't know. Crab and Goyle. I they're, don't, well, I can't they're not in the class. They there, God. But in the movie, I mean, we oh, have. Well, we will talk about the movie. a lot of differences. But this whole process is it's really, awful. really awful. And also, the conversations we're having at the table in front of those students, it is no one's fucking business about Neville's schedule. Right. Yet, while it is inconvenient, Mika's getting Neville tough love. Mika and her hair of Neville is top notch. But the fact that we know that this conversation took place because we're seeing it through Harry's eyes means that other students are observing a conversation that should have been private. Neville didn't get a grade good enough to take his class. Instead of people just assuming that Neville's in the classes he wants to be yeah, in. that's true too. You know, but now it's like been broadcast to the entire Gryffindor table that Neville only got an acceptable in Transfiguration. He's clearly not making his grand proud because that's not what she wants. Like, that's just very personal. It's very personal. I don't love now, that at all. The other thing with this, too, is it is good to know, at least, that Snape isn't the only, quote-unquote, tough teacher. Others, like McGaw, say, if you don't get above this grade, you can't be in my course, too. So it's good to see yeah. that. The question I have and I mean, I guess you could say it's just like U.S. schools. But what happens if you fail everything? Do you have to retake your owls? You we, we bitched about this a lot last Season book. five. Season yeah. five. Year five or whatever. That's very possible. Like, What if you experience trauma while you're at school and you can't focus? Oh, wait. Right. If you're Harry Potter, you still manage to get good enough grades. Like, I don't understand. This is such a baffling moment for me. Like, I get to this and I'm like, I do not understand how it is done this way. It does not make sense to me. Now, we also learn in this case, because Lavender comes up here, and there's yeah. a little bit of that, like, precursor to Lavender being all over Ron. But then I think it's actually Parvati who asks about Ferenz. Yes. And the fact that they're splitting it. And I'm like, is there really that much a demand to take divination? I 
Because I would be shocked about that. Well, you know, Harry and Ron are kicking it. I think the thing about divination, though, is that neither of them were safe to leave the school. That's 100% Dumbl- yeah, what it is. Dumbledore is protecting both of them now. He was just protecting mm-hmm. Trelawney, and now Ferenz isn't welcome in the forest. Right. So he has to protect both of them. There's another way to do this, though, I wonder. Like, I don't know. Hell could have had fucking Ferenz teach defense against the Dark Earth. So I don't oh know. Oh my like, gosh! <laughs> I... Need that AU right now. Uh, like <laughs> Ferenc teaching defense against uh, for the For real, Wars. like let's let's not work so hard here. Like in right. terms of getting Slughorn now, yes, the book would be incredibly different. Yeah, Slughorn is very pivotal, but still. Or like I don't know. There's other things that Ferenc can do. You're always like, oh, you got you're a house elf. Come fucking make some food. For my, <laughs> like there's gotta be other things that they can right? do. Right? They, they literally like the qualifications for these people. We're like, just come on in. I, I don't know. What do you like? You like to eat snacks in your underwear? Yeah, please eat Tibet's Kids of Dark Arts. I mean, come on. I'm sure Filch could use some help. Right? At this point, just let Filch eat Tibet's Kids of Dark Arts. Well, what I was referring I mean, to I'm... is make Ferenz another janitor. I don't know. Right? Like... Filch is like, I wanted a fucking wizard. Someone who could do magic with a wand and clean things up. Ferenz right. is just looking at the fucking moon all the time. I guess that's true. I was going to be like, Ferenz is kind of magical, but... Well, then make Trelawney Trelaw- the other Trelawney's cleaning the bathrooms. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she'd go to the fucking second floor girl's bathroom and just be hanging out with Moaning Myrtle all Probably. The time. Maybe she'll clean when she's, she's in there. <laughs> Who knows? That was a little bit it's... like, okay, I get like they both need to be protected, but right. how big are both these classes? Five people? Okay, I feel like Hogwarts is run the same way as like a small family business that's always been run one way, and there's... A handful of people in there who are like, this doesn't work, but whatever. Kind of. Yeah, it's just very inefficient. Another person who comes up during this before we get into Defense Against Dark Arts is Katie Bell. Yay, Katie. this is, of course, where we learn that, yes, Alicia Spinette also graduated. Also says something like, oh yeah, I assumed that you would get the... Yeah. Katie is the only one left other than Harry at this point from when he joined the Quidditch team. I'm making an assumption, I guess. But to me, it's very clear that Katie was like, eh. I'm good. I don't really want to be the Quidditch captain. And it's good to bring Kitty Bell up here, too, because, of course, she... She has a... A little thing scene. that happens very soon. Yeah. Well, the other thing is that Butthole didn't think this through when it came to like people on the Quidditch team because the first three years it's the same fucking people. Oliver makes it a big deal about it being his last year. So what I'm thinking is that Harry's first year, the Quidditch team is himself, the twins, the three girl chasers, and Oliver Wood, and none of those people are upperclassmen. Oliver Wood is the oldest person on the team, and he's a fifth year. You get three years of this exact same team. Fourth year, there's no Quidditch. Fifth year, that means Oliver was two years older than the next oldest people on the team. So I don't know how Harry's suddenly the youngest person on the team if Katie Bell was a returning member because she's only a year older than him. Butthole did not think about this shit. Yeah, Katie that's Bell. True. Katie Bell was clearly also a first year person on the team or she was added to the team and they didn't find any fucking seekers, Harry. That's the only thing I can think of just to like follow that plan that it sounds like she was going for. But we had a whole new fucking team then, you know? We're building all these new people, so why wouldn't it be Harry? You know, I know people who are just like, whoa, it should have been her. She's been around longer. Not really. She had to have been a new person that year. I guess or that is true. Or first book is a lie. It's wild because, I mean, I guess we do get some of this in the last book too. Because people are leaving so quickly and everything, and then all the stuff with Pink Bitch, of course, too. <laughs> there's all of this discourse about like, oh, winner tryouts, winner tryouts, winner tryouts. 
and Harry is just kind of putting it on the back burner, which yeah. it makes a lot of sense because you don't really see so much of that. I mean, like I said, you do kind of see it last year, but some of that has to do with the circumstances. So. Right. But he still is like, you don't have to try out, Katie. You're the best. Well, yeah. I mean, after this whole time, you're not going to not put Katie Bell on the team, for right. sure. It's- then they go to Defense Against Dark Arts, and contrary, I'm going to bring this up now, but in the movie, like, the potions room, is it's the best shots we've ever seen of it. And it's almost like, oh, Snape isn't here, now we can make this room look cool. Yeah. By the contrary, it's definitely very gloomy. At the same time, there was something about Snape now in Defense Against the Dark Arts that I kind of felt, I wrote exciting. Exciting is the right word, but it's like, ooh, this is different. In kind of like a sneaky way that suits Harry. And then, of course, we learn all this other stuff about how they're doing shielding charms and they were already taught. And it's not nearly as bad to begin with as I think I would have thought. Oh, like Snape is finally in Defense Against Dark Arts. It's very in the Snape personality. And it definitely gets there, but I would have almost expected him to come in and automatically be just like swinging his dick around. Snape is on the same bullshit as always. Absolutely. I guess I didn't think about it from some of that perspective. I feel like there's room for the anticipation of something big and anticipatory there because it's Snape finally teaching the subject that he wants to teach. He really does go into being a little too... He, he in love there. with it, for my taste. He literally starts off being like, I have to ignore the person in the class who knows the answers. He jumps right in on Hermione right. and I'm done with him immediately. That is true. Like, I didn't take your book out. Yeah. And then stuff. he's like, don't do that. And then Hermione is like, answers the question. He's like, yes, you copied that from the book. Like, what the fuck do you want her to do? If you were to ask her to give you examples to do, like, to write you a fucking diagram, she could do that. You know she could. Yeah. I will say this. When I did read that about Hermione, it was about what spells. a... Nonverbal spells. So like nonverbal what, spells. Yes. What advantage do you have? And it is called nonverbal spells. It's not yeah. called something else weird and magical. I it's nonverbal like. spells. Yeah. So when he said that, the first thing I thought of is like, well, the person that you're trying to like attack, let's say, isn't going to hear you. Like, it's pretty <laughs> obvious. So she didn't necessarily need to do that. But like, also, Snape, come on, calm your ass down. She gave you the right answer. He is um, swinging his dick around, if you want my opinion. Like It's not as much as I thought. No, 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 no. It wasn't like that, any spectacular I mean. dick swinging. It was his typical shit. Right. It starts off like that, and then, of course, they start doing these shield charms. Not saying that it's completely a bad thing, <laughs> but then we get the major sass moment. And this is something, when we talk about sass of Harry, this is one of the main things I think of. Snape wants him to call him sir. sir. And then he's like, there's no need to call me sir, Professor. First of all, that's an amazing comeback. It's and amazing. You, and it's... for you to, like, come back with that so, so fast. Because it even says out of his mouth before he realized it. Mm-hmm. Like, that just happened. Yeah. Harry had not all the control over it. Part of it is Harry basically taught this last year. He has this confidence. And Harry's kind of able to swing his dick around, too. It's a dick measuring contest is what happens here, to an Honestly, extent. yeah. I get it. Like, you probably shouldn't have said it, but it's oh, no. kind of amazing, but obviously. I love it. This is your six of Snape being a dick to him in class. Mm-hmm. And, and now, it's almost like Snape is on his turf, to an extent. Almost, because, I mean, Snape is in here being creepy about Defense Against the Dark Arts and not teaching them a fucking thing. He's like, trying to curse each other without speaking. Did you teach them how to do that? Teach happened in this fucking lesson. Yeah, that's like, really true. Like, fuck right off with that. And then he was like, you should have been doing that non-verbally. And like, Harry's instantaneous reaction to Snape trying to curse him, throwing out the shield charm verbally, that 
That is very telling, Snape. If a student immediately wants to protect themselves from you, that you're the fucking worst. It also just says, like, hey, maybe you shouldn't come in on the first day and, like, curse your students. I mean, also. Especially at this point, kids have taken their newts. I imagine at this point, especially considering the pink chode we saw last year, Dumbledore's army isn't exactly a secret anymore. No. You know, what the fuck do you think you're doing doing this on the first day of class? Are you trying to set an example, etc.? Because of how he comes in and how he confidently is talking about what the nonverbal spells are, but you're totally right. Like, he didn't teach them Doesn't any. teach them anything. Where are the examples of him being a good teacher? There have been times in potions where I think that he kind of at least, like, walks them through it, but then he's an asshole. And it's like, okay, there's being a teacher and there's being an asshole, but we've also talked at length about how you can't be a good teacher and an asshole because you want no, to support your students. you can't. I think a lot of people actually are referring to Harry using the Half-Blood Prince book. And I'm like, but reading words on a page is not the same as being taught yes. by him. Like, I understand that he has written... Spoiler! Snape is Half-Blood Prince, friends. But, like, I understand that he has written in all this shit and Harry learns from it and blah 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 and we're going to talk way more about this book in general i have yet to believe that snape has really taught harry things people are like oh well he taught harry expelliarmus and during dueling club yes it's not like anything snape's ever said has just not actually been remembered by harry but as far as teaching him he has done nothing exceptional and i will never ever ever be convinced of that harry learns about the bezoar in his first year from snape and that's another people's arguments they're like well if harry hadn't learned about that bezoar he wouldn't have saved ron's life and i was like again that was also a moment of humiliation in which literally the first day of class snape was trying to humiliate harry and he's never going to forget that moment of humiliation. And it conveniently talked to him about Abizor. Don't think Snape actually is teaching Harry anything. And he doesn't get credit for being some amazing teacher. So I've said this before in terms of the Half-Blood Prince thing. That does not show that he's a good teacher. No. That shows that he is a good potions master. He's a great potions master. Not a great potions teacher, though. I'm sorry, one of your students is terrified of you. And you continually treat to others on top of the one that's terrified of you like they are grind beneath your feet. When you think of your teachers in the past, you tend to remember the ones that have lifted you up as good teachers and the ones who were assholes to you as bad teachers. And regardless of what they have taught you and whatnot. Now, the other thing... And this is very apropos for some of the things that you had mentioned, too. You can teach yourself stuff. Look at Hermione. She has taught herself all of this stuff. Right. It's not that Snape is responsible for that or that any of them are responsible for any of this. When you're in school, yes, your job is to learn. But a lot of times when you are learning, it is via the homework and like your own studying and things like that. Now, you could also say that Ron and Harry aren't great at that. They are definitely not great at that. (laughs) But when you go throughout life, too, like I teach myself stuff all the time. Like when I had to look up videos online of how to tile my back splash and then people look at my backsplash and I've been told that it looks professional by several people just saying it's not oh that guy on YouTube really taught you really well he's a good teacher I taught myself to do it there's something to be said for that and I think that is something that we see these kids do a lot in these books well you know I mean that guy provided you the tools you needed to learn and you took those tools and effectively learned I spot them out yeah and like I could have looked at anything else I mean here's the other thing 
yes, I watched many of the YouTube videos, but I also read up on things and I did research on like yeah. all the different products and what type of mortar and grout work with this type of tile and what is the best tile cutter I right. could get and where to rent one, etc. When you graduate and you get a degree, people don't turn to your teachers and applaud them. I don't know. I think that all of this stuff about like, is he a good teacher or not? You're not considering all the other things that we have also talked about a lot during this. Just because Harry learned something from him does not mean he was a good teacher, okay? Harry learned plenty from other teachers who were good teachers, so fuck right off. Well, th- yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's not like Snape is looking over his shoulder in potions class and was like, instead of cutting the bean, crush the bean with your knife or whatever. Well, I can't you know? talk about this. Yeah. Like, it's completely different. But And we're almost there, yes. but really quick, before we get into potions class, one other thing happens here, and that is that we learn that Dumble has his first lesson, and it coincides with detention perfectly. So convenient. Which, which is great, because I think coming out of Defense Against the Dark Arts, Harry is like, I could give two shits. I feel like it's a boost of confidence. And now he's like, now I can't even go to his stupid detention. (laughs) But I'm also like, really, Dumble? You're doing a lesson at 8 p.m. on a Saturday? That is a buzzkill. Right. Well, once you learn what they're doing, I kind of get it. But the first time you're like, really? What the hell? Yeah. Now, when we go into potions... There are all these lovely potions that are kind of like sitting out there. And this is maybe the second time that Amartensia is mentioned. Like, love potions and just the general horniness of this book has been a major theme so far. It's interesting that this is the first time it makes sense for Amartensia, but it almost feels like these potions are romanticized. And it feels different than the kind of dark and gloomy potions that we've gotten. Very much in the opposite of, like, what Defense Against the Dark Arts feels like. Right. It feels like Slughorn has a true love for the potions and the way that he describes them. In a very different way than Snape. Snape is a very skilled potions master, but Slughorn is like... There's like, passion. Look what magic can do about Slughorn. Yes. That, that we get a lot through the eyes of Harry through the series when he's just like, oh my god, I can do this, and... There's the fucking line of the fourth movie that we're like, I love magic. You know that? Slughorn kind of embodies that too when he has these moments. Especially this far in the series, we don't see that nearly as much. I would go so far that we don't actually see it a lot. With I wouldn't even say we get that sort of feel with McGonagall even. I don't like, think that's her personality though. Not necessarily. Now, who we do get with, I think, is Flitwick and Sprout. Like, I think so. And Hagrid. Get that warm and Hagrid, yes. Hagrid's almost is magic, but doesn't feel like magic mm-hmm. because it's like... Hagrid is not actually allowed to perform magic, so no, it's not actually magic. I guess that's true. Yeah. It's, it's magical creatures, right. you know? I think Charms especially lends itself. Charms is very visual. Uh-huh. It's clearly meant to not be terribly complicated because it's supposed to be useful in life. It's supposed to be like Charms are all protective or usefulness or like household things, whatever. Yeah, which is so weird that Walburga, which is how I prefer to call her, from now on now that I know her first name is like charms is a soft subject calm down bitch yeah you sucked at charms get over it yeah my girl was like Wahlberger you were a bitch in my class I feel like charms and herbology are two subjects that you're meant to be able to do. Can't get through life without being able to do those at some level. I mean, I guess you could potentially say that about, like, potions, too. Sure. But when your potions master is a dick and makes you have fucking nightmares. There hasn't been the sense of wonder in it yet. Because just, she's very methodical. Like, she's like, this is what we do. And and it's probably extra strict in that area because she's actually, like, an animagus. She's just an advanced 
with. That I'm sure that Flitwick and Sprout do too, but they're just not the kind of people who like, sit in this place of being like, also make sure you're aware of my excessive skill. It's also kind of funny that Slughorn talks about obsessive love of the Martensia potion. Not only when we have things like Ramilda Vane and Cormac McLaggen and Lavender Brown. And we all also have Marope Gaunt. Oh, and okay. Snape. That is true. I mean, we're, we'll get more into yeah, that Yeah, but next. we're in the same chapter about Snape. So yes. yeah, Snape. But Snape, that's what came shit. up with me. Because you that... know Snape has never been talking about Amortentia when he was Potions Master. Well, it's his in his old classroom, and here we are talking about obsessive love. And we have talked about that how it's obsession. That is so cool. Yeah, I'm like, so glad you brought sh- that sure, up. Sure, Marope Gaunt too, which is coming up. But love is definitely a theme in this book, and it's not like love in a romantic way. No, it's almost in this place of like, it's over here and everyone is kind of floating around it trying, but not trying enough to get to it. Amortensia is such a theme here, but like Vera to Serum, in thinking about like some of the ulterior motives that are going on, like I think of Draco, of course. Oh, okay. Like it's interesting to kind of think about like in the background here, Polyjuice Potion, obviously the things that come up in my mind, they're not characters that are here right now, but I think of Barty Crouch Jr. and Moody. I think of, obviously, of course, of Hermione turning into a cat, things like that. It's just interesting that these potions bring back specific thoughts about people because it's not like when they are making a pineapple tap dance in Transfiguration, I'm having that same reaction. Right. Like, there's something a lot more personal about potions. I like that. I yeah. also like that we get, since we're in Harry's head, we get Harry giving Hermione that extra, like, acknowledgement for knowing about Polyjuice Potion. He could have identified it, but she's the one who did it. You right. Know, she's the one who brewed it. I just always appreciate when there are times where we're reminded that Harry is actually quite grateful for Hermione. We spend a lot of time in his head, so we don't always yeah. see that. Can we talk about how good of a prize Felix Felicis is? And how clearly Draco wants it because he wants to kill Dumble? Yeah, there's a lot of, like, underlying stuff in this chapter that mm-hmm. Draco especially is a huge part of that. And also, I think there's a really cool point in this chapter where we're focused on Harry and he is figuring Slughorn out. Harry's understanding of Slughorn is so important in this book. Ernie says, you didn't tell us what this is. He said, Harry was sure that Slughorn had not forgotten that potion at all, but had waited to be asked for dramatic effect. Like, Harry has got this fucking guy figured yeah, out. He's working that's interesting. on it. This is literally before Dumbledore is like, I need you to do this thing. Because he's already asked Harry to do a thing requiring, you know, Slughorn, and that was to get him to come to Hogwarts. And Harry didn't know what he was doing. Like, there's just an interesting connection between Harry and Slughorn as you slowly see him learn about the man and figure him out and I I noticed it here. You know that's an interesting way to look at it and personally I kind of like it. I kind of like Slughorn's style of like hey if you do this good first day potions here's a fucking good prize and yeah I'm gonna be dramatic and like cool about it. I don't know that potions would be my thing but I would like to take a class with Slughorn. I think he's interesting. I mean it is kind of random because like in high school when I took advanced classes the classes that were advanced that I took were English is what I ended up majoring in. And then the sciences. I took advanced chemistry and I took advanced physics. 
I took is, zero advanced classes ever because I am not a good student. She's a dum dum. You're a dummy dum dum. I'm a dummy dum dum. I'm not quite Ron level, but I'm definitely Harry well, level. Well, and the funny, funny thing dumb is, dumb, actually. is now as an adult, I did not take advanced math because I was awful at it, and now that's all I do. So, like, it's very, very interesting. Life um, is dumb, guys. Life is the dummy dum dum. And I kind of used the term romanticized. There was something very romanticized about potions this time around. I think, yeah. But I really loved, and it was like, oh, I would like to do this. I would like to be in this class. Let's play the witchy music. Yes, here we go. One of the instructions for the Draught of Living Death was stir it counterclockwise. The Half-Blood Prince wrote in the book to every, like, seven stirs do one that is in the clockwise direction. Counterclockwise is a banishing direction. So, for example, if you want to remove something from your life, you go in a counterclockwise direction, which may make sense for the draw of living death. I don't know, maybe to put you, like, right at the edge there, to put in that extra clockwise, to be like, okay, we're going to go all the way in banishing life out of this potion, mm-hmm. but let's get just a little bit in there so that it's not as, like, potent, perhaps? I don't know. <laughs> that's the way that I looked at it, is, like, yeah. maybe that's why they add in that clockwise stir. And there was something about counterclockwise or clockwise stirring that, when I was reading this, it made me think of the first book. Does that ring a bell to you? No, I feel like it should, though. There was something in the first book where they had to do clockwise, counterclockwise. And I can't remember what it was, but essentially, that's the the background. Help us remember, friends, because I feel like I should know this. Yeah, you know, it could very well have been, because in some of my research for this chapter, and and particularly the game that we'll be talking about in a couple minutes, I was definitely thinking about things from the first book. My last question, honestly, well, I have two. Okay. First, what does your amortentia smell like? Bonfires. Freshly baked bread. Some kind of like cinnamon. Yeah, I was going to say I like apple cinnamon. Also reserve the right to like have that change. Oh yeah, I'm sure that Bonfires would never change. Bonfires for me would not be it because I hate the way that my smells, my smells clothes. (laughs) The way that my clothes smell after being around a bonfire, like the day after, I hate it. I think like mahogany teak wood. I think like an old bookstore. And I would probably also have to say eucalyptus mint. Oh, that's a good smell. Yes. And then my other question is, if you're reading this for the first time, who is the Half-Blood Prince? Like, who would you be thinking of? Because I don't know if I even have an answer. So I I don't think that I had one the first time I read it. I think that I initially went through, like, a list of people and was just, like, not satisfied with any answer. I think that there was a point in the book where I was like, maybe it's Snape. But then you read back through it and you're like, that makes sense. However, I don't know. I was like, we're reading it again and I would like to come back to that place. Now, Um, we know that these people are either full blood or muggle-born, but I think perhaps something I would have thought would be either, like, James or Lily. Yeah, we talk about, like, oh, it says prince, not princess. That comes up in the next chapter. Mm Mm-hmm. Or serious. I'm just trying to think yeah. of like the themes. And I, I just, I, and I can't tell you who I thought of back then, but I know that I went through a list. I did have a couple more things I wanted to say real quick, if that's okay. Yep. Or Voldemort. That was the other oh, one. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, Voldemort, I think, 
because we know he's a half-blood. Yeah. Like, we, we don't know about Snape until this yeah. year. Yeah, and especially, like, what comes up in the next chapter. Sure. Yeah. One of the things I wanted to say was I see nothing wrong with, at this point in the book, Harry following those directions. I still will never think that there is anything wrong. I'm like, you're using the resources that you have. Like, good for you. So Harry took a risk, followed instructions, and it paid off. I don't really have any, like, qualms with him doing that. As things move forward, it... I have a few smaller, like, misgivings, but for the most part, it's on his head. That was a benefit. It could have gone disastrously, and it didn't, so. The other is how invested Hermione is in Harry in this book. Hermione has a very unhealthy level of needing to be the best, and it makes me upset for her. And following the directions. Yes. I love Hermione, and I think it just continues to show who she is. She's very black and white. So whenever we hit a gray area with Hermione, which is usually with, like, the rules because she's here's the moment and I'm feeling very inspired kind of rule breaker otherwise she's right here following all the rules it really does show her inability to be flexible to be understanding and I will have a lot of things to say later on in the book when it comes to the Ron Hermione Lavender Triangle that I think kind of stems from Hermione's control levels interesting okay that being said that sounds like it's all very negative towards Hermione it's actually not it's just part of me trying to understand her Harry is not mentally well. No one is ever just going to be like, maybe we should be caring for him from a mental standpoint because that's not what we do because we're wizards. He has been through a fuck ton of trauma. I don't think Harry has normal days. So when we're coming at him over a thing that's not directly connected to him being the person who has to take down Voldemort, to being an orphan, to being the chosen one, and it's literally Harry just doing well in school for fucking once... And everyone's just like on his case about it. I'm like, we need to chill. I absolutely agree with you with both of these things because I kind of already touched on it, but let me say it this way. I always believe that there are more than one way to get to a certain outcome. When I train people at work, for example, this is how I do it. But there are other ways to do it. There are some things in terms of like documentation and things like, hey, FYI, I need you to do this. So that I can also get XYZ, like creating UTMs or something at work. I'm not really going to go into what that is. But there is a cause and effect. But in terms of getting a project done, I always believe like if something works better for another person based on their working style or their personality, they should do it that way. Yeah. And that is what Snape figured out and he wrote in this book. I don't think there's anything no. wrong with using no. the resources that you have. I don't either. To the point about Hermione really wanting to follow the process, sometimes that process isn't the best. A lot of older generations tend to say, this is how it's supposed to be. You have to do this, and then you have to do this, and then you have to do this. That's not necessarily the case. I, quite literally, when it came to, like, buying a house, for example, one day was like, I'm going to start looking for houses. And that was that. And, like, it just unfolded that way. I did not follow a process. Mm -hmm. I did not find a spouse and get married and then think, okay, now I'm in a stable place where I can buy a house. I used other resources. I used other ways of doing it. That's one example. But whenever anybody's like, oh, well, like... For example, I've heard say things like, well, people should work from home because then they'll be like fucking around goofing off and stuff like that. I'm sorry. In this world where we have technology, even if a manager wanted to spy on their employees, even if that is where they wanted to stoop to, there are ways for them to do it. 
Also, how about you respect your employees and realize that giving them the opportunity to work from home will allow some of them to perhaps produce better work because they're not in an environment that is distracting or something like that, or they can work at their own pace, etc. Saying that things are black and white and like this is the way to do it, it's bullshit to think that every single person is the same. Comes up in this instance too of like, well, this is the way to do the potion. Mm -hmm. It's clearly not. I completely agree with what you said. I say good for you, Harry. Yes, there may be some consequences that come up, but perhaps it's good to show that there are consequences to your actions. Yeah, I'm, in general, I'm thinking of this is, you know, 22, three years ago. I remember taking French in high school. So high school books, you're using the same books that were used before unless the schools decided we're no longer using books from 1988, we're going to buy something newer. And you're supposed to not write in them, but no one ever has time to check to make sure you didn't write in them. I remember, I think it was my sophomore year, in my French book, there was like a whole section of a chapter, probably several times, in which someone wrote like phonetically how to pronounce a word. But not like real phonetically, but like dumb people phonetically. Right. That's how they would look at it, so it's not an official phonetic language or whatever. And I remember seeing that and probably using that to help me understand. Like, I don't always know, like, with the accents and the, you know, umlauts and all that stuff. Like, I don't know that I understand what all those are. Circumflex. Yeah, sure. There, there's not really umlauts. But you know what I'm saying? I just was like... Yeah. Well, I wonder if, like, And that's now... what this is. Like, Hermione, if you've never seen people write in books, that's because you are very specific about... And, like, okay, it's kind of sacrilegious, I guess, to write in books and find in a textbook, in a learning material, like... I don't think it's that religious at all. But now what I do wonder is if that far beyond when you read those notes in your French book, if people were like, ah, that person who wrote in the book was such a good teacher. The game is a quiz. Of sorts. Usually our quiz is like, what character in this book had red hair? Things like that. We never get that question right. We are going to actually talk about the five potions, and I want you to give me two ingredients that are in these five oh, potions. Oh, I don't know anything about any of this shit. Exactly. So it's a little bit harder because this you weren't able to... This is very rude. Were they in the chapter? Were the potions ingredients in the chapter? Maybe. Because that is very rude. In some of these cases, the ingredients were in the series. So you should have been paying attention the entire time. I mean, listen, I would not be in any WT level potions, so fuck right off. Our first one is Amartentia. Can you name two ingredients of Amartentia? No, I cannot. Guess. Um, if you had to make a love potion, think of like traditionally, what might you put in a love potion? Is this even in the book or is it on the internet? Both. Okay, because I was like, I don't remember this being in the book. What is an herb that you would put? An herb or a botanical that I you would put? I don't know. I literally, this is like the literal opposite of anything I know anything about. Well, you feel this one. Yeah. Amartentia. Oshwinder? Oshwinder? Oshwinder eggs. Yes. Rose. Rose petals? Yes. Rose scent? Rose petals. Okay. When, that's an obvious one. Is that in like, the book? Yeah. That's like real. Like, yeah. if you want love, then you would choose rose. That's what I was trying to be like. That's not a This is so far beyond anything. Um, peppermint oil, moonstone, and then mother of pearl. Next one, drought of living death. That was literally in this chapter. Some kind of seed. Not seed, but Mr. Mr. Oh, it was a bean. There you it go, Mr. Bean. bean. That's what I was trying Some to do. Some kind of bean. Do you, you know the song of Mr. Bean? Like, when he, like, falls out of the sky and he splats on the pavement no. at the beginning? It's Eche Homo Kies Baba. That means behold the man who is a bean. 
Oh my god. <laughs> I don't know what kind of bean that is, though. Uh, I will accept bean. A sophosphorus bean. Oh, sophosphorus bean. And then anything else? Um, the, the, there were Some of these were mentioned in there. I just remember the thing about the stirring. No, I don't remember. Root of asphodel, okay. which is mentioned. Wormwood. Wormwood. Okay, that's a thing that I've heard before. Valerian, Valerian. root. Which Valerian I think, root. Which I think is also in there. Yeah. And then the thing that I found online is also a sloth brain, which feels gross. I'll give you an A for that one, because you were pretty close. I mean, it wasn't. You got F for, for Amatentia, though. Okay, apologies, Sure. Potion. God, I feel like I should remember these, yes. but I don't. But I don't, like, because I haven't thought about Polyjuice Potion since the second book. I didn't do any of this homework. If I had done this to you, would you have known all of these? No. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Flaxweed, not grass, lacewing flies. Ooh, lacewing flies, I do remember those. Yeah. Leeches, horn of bicorn, boomslang skin, and the main ingredient... The hair of the person. Oh, the hair of the person. Come on. Which you, I yeah. at least thought you would get that one, bitch. No, my brain was not. My brain wasn't there. I don't. Right. I did know about Your that. Sloth brain? Yeah. Because <laughs> it's in the fucking potion. Okay. That's why. There's two more, and these are probably the hardest ones. So. Why are you doing this um, to me? Viratiserum. What is in Viratiserum? Unicorn something. I don't know. Nice try, but no. I'll give you a hint. One of these ingredients is also in the Draught of Living Death. I forgot everything you said about Say Say Ninja. it with me, Mr. Oh, yes, that bean. Bean, Mr. Bean. Whatever that bean was, yeah. Bean. Sophosphorus bean. Sophosphorus. Vera Serum. Vial of Ptolemy. Moonstone. Adder's Ooh, Fork. Moonstones, okay. Jobber knoll feathers and Sophosphorus bean. And lastly is Felix Felicis. What is in Felix Felicis? They do not say what it I'm is. I'm pretty sure what's they in don't, it in the book. But I put it in my quiz. Oh, yeah, okay, so. So what's the Um. <laughs> diamond powder. I don't know. Ooh. What? Akami eggshell powder. I'll give sure. you that because Akami shells are kind of like diamondy. Yeah. Akami shells are silver, actually. Yeah. So close enough. So I know what Akami shells are made out of. So I feel like that's pretty cool. There's also one of the ingredients from Amertensia. I don't know. Moonstone was that in there? That was in, in Amertensia, but that's not this one. Flaxweed? No, that was in Polyjuice Potion. See, you're learning. I'm a good teacher. <laughs> that's oh, right. Snake. You're automatically a good I'm teacher. Like snake. Because you're not an asshole. Yeah. Hey, bitch. What's <laughs> in Felix? Well, now you're a fucking terrible teacher. Oh my god, okay. It's... There's no need to call me sir, bitch. <laughs> you may call me sir, bitch. Oh. Sir, bitch. Oswinder, Osh, Oswinder Oswinder eggs. eggs. Ah. Horseradish. Oh, spicy. Um, squill bulb, Mertlap, thyme, oh, Arkham shell powder, and common rue. Now, as you know, on New Year's Eve, I have made several of these potions. Mm -hmm. My one bonus is if you can tell me what was in any of these cocktails that I made for New Year's Eve. You made... I, I have made Polyjuice Potion, mm -hmm. I have made Helix Felicis, and I made an Amortensia. Okay, so the Amortensia had the glittery stuff in it. Yes, it had edible was. glitter. Edible, yeah, and Amortensia also was one that had vodka in it. It was like vodka and like grenadine. Um, yes. Apologies Potion also had vodka in it. I can't remember what the base of that one was, but I all I know is I had to get lime sherbet. Yes. And I believe it was also a vodka base for Felix Felicis, too. No. Oh, was it a bourbon base? Yes. That's probably why I liked it. And hard cider. I was like, there was a cider in it, yeah. Well, I'm happy to say that you pass just barely because of those answers. Because you like me, it's fine. If I have people over for New Year's Eve, do you want Draught of the Living Death or Veritaserum? What are the bases of those? Well, Draught of Living Death is Root of Asphodel, Wormwood. There are too many motherfuckers in this fucking class. 
Oh my god, so... Seamus don't belong there. Seamus... Lavender don't belong there. Neville, Neville is in the class. Although I will say, Lavender Brown is doing her damnedest to steal the fucking scene. She is. They're smelling the potion and she's like having an orgasm. She is quite adorable in the scene, but she's just like, oh, I'm so into this. Hermione is like, my amatentia smells like parchment and spearmint toothpaste. And Lavender's like, mine smells like one one. <laughs> The scene is fine. I uh, truly, it feels more romanticized, as I've said, yeah. in the book. Uh, you had mentioned that Hermione's hair kind of gets more and more Oh, yeah, classic. so her hair gets worse. As, like, Harry is just like, yeah, I'm going to follow the instructions in this book. A thing that they did change up. So in the book, Slughorn hands Ron and Harry randomly books. There's no, like, arguing over. But in the movie, they they show the two they of them arguing scuffle. over. Yeah, because one of them is, like, nice and new and pretty, and the other one is a piece of garbage. And so Ron gets the nice one, and Harry gets the garbagey one, and it's actually, you know, the Half-Blood Prince. Yeah, let this be a lesson that if you're a piece of garbage, if you're a piece of garbage, you might be good. (laughs) Yes, I am good, I hope. That sounds like the dumbest, like, advice ever. If you're a piece of garbage, you might be good. How about Don't Judge a Book by Its Cover? You ever heard of that one? That's boring. (laughs) We haven't talked about the scene before, though, with McGonagall. How it's in a busy fucking fucking hallway. hallway. And she's just like, Ron and Harry are just like watching children walk by. And she's like, hey, Harry, get over here. And she's like, the fuck are you doing? And then she's like, oh, just take Ron with you. Like, you just walk to class with your, like, best friend. Just be like, oh, just go to class. No big deal. Right. Right, take Ron with you. And he's like, I don't want to take potions. (laughs) We know, Ron. We know you don't want to do jack shit. However, here's the other thing. If the first period of their day was their free period, why the fuck aren't you still in bed? Well, they didn't know because they had to fucking go get their goddamn schedule. Well, I guess that is true. (laughs) It's so stupid the way that's set up. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know. And then It's kind of weird. Now, I already said this, but the potions room looks the most beautiful out of the house. It looks great. We don't get Snape teaching defense. No, and there isn't even, like, you don't have to call me sir or whatever. I know. Daniel Radcliffe is great at sass. I feel like I can, like, picture him saying that to Snape in my brain, but it didn't even happen. Right. And it's, like, it's kind of a travesty. Oh, also, we get the weird thing where, one, there's eight bajillion people in potions, but they did some weird thing with Slughorn where he just is like, cool, whatever. What happens in my class? Like, he's just very, oh, here's all these potions. And it's like, oh, you brought a friend with you. Oh, yeah, sure. Like, there's no, oh, how exciting. Harry is not in my class because he didn't think you could take potions. Like, it's just very much like everything happened the way I expected it to. I thought it was weird. I thought it was very weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little weird. But, I don't know. I think it's okay. But I will say that the actual filming of it, I think that artistically, the movie looks good. Yeah, I think so too. Here's points. Plus five to Ernie because he's the only Hufflepuff in potions. And plus five to Ferenc because he's safe from the other Sagittarius. <laughs> None to Trelawney because why? What is she doing? You have less stuff to do now. So cool. Plus 10 to McGuh because I did like kind of the tough love approach that she did. Yeah, she, she did great stuff. It's not her fault. The process, the, yeah. The process I don't think she, she is not responsible for that process. If she were, it would be done much differently. Yes. Plus 10 to Slughorn because I do think that he teaches well and I think he oh, yeah. like he romanticizes his subject and there's some passion there. Plus 20 for Harry for being the best. And negative 5 to Snape. And yes, it's only negative 5 because I think he could have been way, way worse. And he got some good sass and he don't even get his first detention time. I know, he don't even have to do that until next week. Yeah. 
next time we're going to read chapter, chapter 10, 10. The House, the House of, of Gaunts. 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 That's how you pronounce it. Oh, okay. We'll talk to you next Yeah, time. bye. Basic Snitches is recorded and produced by Adam Bowers and Tara Corkery. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to rate us five stars on your listening app of choice and share us with all your other friends who love Harry Potter and getting drunk. Yes. Join our social media pages. Facebook, Instagram. I never update Twitter, but we have that. We do. Also email basicsnitches at gmail.com. We also now have a website, basicsnitches.com. And a Patreon, patreon.com slash basicsnitches. Join today and get exclusive content every week and be acknowledged in every single one of our episodes. Tarantalegra, dance bitch. I see you new friends who don't make me dance for nothing. Yeah, they ain't gonna come, honey. We out!